Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the table. This is Tom Weaver. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to listen to a podcast that Stephen Riley, who was at the retreat and does the Chew Creek podcast, interviewed me back in August on the sexual addiction and the pathway to healing. It's about 40 minutes long. We're going to replay this today. Appreciate any comments or questions. If you listen on Spotify, you're more than welcome to either ask a question or answer the question that's in there, and uh, we will certainly answer that or address the comments that you do make in there on a future recording. So enjoy this recording. It's podcast number 19 from the Chew Creek podcast that Stephen Riley did with me back in August. Enjoy it and appreciate the comments. Have a great day, guys and ladies. Today we are with Tom Weaver. Him and I met through doing ministry work through Pure Desire Ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your official title through them? Because you have a few, you have a few roles that you play with them, right? Yeah, for Pure Desires, I'm I'm a volunteer. Mm-hmm. So they have uh, regional group advisors who are scattered throughout the country and help churches kind of um, get groups started in their churches as well as you know just kind of help them with the dynamics of groups yep. things like that so i am the regional group advisor for pure desires in the northeast and mid-atlantic region that's cool yeah yeah i found you on the map through their website and i'll say <laughs> wait there's a guy nearby yeah yeah <laughs> been doing that for probably i don't know five years or so that's cool yeah. do you get a lot of guys that reach out to you through that or it comes in spurts. Okay. You know, it seems like sometimes there's a bunch of guys that come in, and my wife's also the RGA for uh, Mid-Atlantic for the women, too. So, yeah, they come and go. Yeah. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you also run a ministry, your own ministry, called Come to the Table Ministries. So. Yeah, we've been doing that for probably, um, I'm guessing f- 2017, so five years. Okay. Yeah, roughly. That's kind of when we started. We started on our own. On our own. Um, we, we labeled that Come to the Table. Uh, in 2019, we had a conference where Dr. Wise from Heart to Heart Counseling Center came into our church and, and put on a big big conference at our church. Um, we we kind of used that in promoting that, you know, starting in 2017, and, and it just took from there. That's and awesome. That's what we, we like come to the table. Sidewalk Prophets. You ever yeah. Hear the song? Yeah. Cool song. Yeah. Zach Williams does one, too. So that's why you chose the name from mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Come to the table, all you sinners. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There's a spot for you at the table. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you move here? Have you lived here your entire life? No. Um... My wife and I moved here, I think it was 2014, so that's, what, uh, eight years. Yeah. Okay. I worked for a uh, general contracting company. Uh, we were a construction management company up in the Baltimore area, mm-hmm. and I had just gone to work for them, and 
one of their most current jobs that they got was for a school in St. Mary's County. Okay. Spring Ridge Middle School. Cool. And uh, we were just fresh into working with them, and uh, they asked me if I would be the project manager for the school down here. It was quite a distance for them, and and uh, they needed somebody to basically relocate and come down here. And my wife and I were in kind of a transitionary stage. Our kids were moving out of the house, and, and um, you know, we weren't tied really to anything because they were all in college. Some of them were married, so we said, hey, let's try it. So we were just selling our house up in Pennsylvania, decided to move down here, and... Um, we were down here. They put us up for three years down here doing that project, and we stayed ever since. That's we loved awesome. It, loved it so much down here. So awesome. That's a really part of the story too, of how yeah. we got down here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I saw that through your church, you're doing like a conference coming up pretty soon or something, a men's to men. Yeah, we're doing a men's retreat coming okay. up in October, um, the 28th to the 30th. Okay. Up at uh, Edgewater. Camp Is that just Obana. through your church or through? That's through the ministry. Okay. Through cool. the church. Yeah. Which our, our ministry is now through the church. Okay. We okay. started out just doing it on our own through groups. Uh, this January, Faith Bible Church decided to bring us on board full time. And, and nice. uh, so everything we do is really through the church now. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you loving it? Oh, we love it. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. We love That's working cool. together. We can work out of our homes. We can go into the church on occasion. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of groups, a lot of counseling, mm-hmm. coaching, you know. That's awesome. But the retreat is, is really good. It's a men's retreat, it's a fourth retreat that we're having this year. In October, it's up at Camp Obana, Edgewater, Maryland. Sweet. It's a really cool time. We've got some great speakers coming again. Nice. Yeah. We had some friends that got married there, right? Beautiful place, right on Chesapeake Bay. Did Jacob and Megan get married there? Yeah. I think so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It is an awesome spot. It is. Yeah, I love it. Is. it. Um, so how long have you and Michelle been married? We've been married since 1999, so that's it'll be 23 years in okay. September. Now, with that said, and part of the story, you know, is we did a providential ceremony two years ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be two years in August. And um, so that's been two years. And we kind of recognize that date more so as our anniversary date now gotcha. than we do. I mean, we were married since 1999, yeah. September 11th, 1999, <laughs> coincidentally. But um, yeah, we, we did our providential ceremony, which was... Uh, um, very cool last August in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually saw a video of that. Yeah, yeah, it's on our YouTube Somewhere. channel. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on um, on your ministry channel, I think, right? Yeah, Come okay. to the Table Ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I just watched, like, I glimpsed at it. I was Did like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a pretty awesome. cool time. So when would you say, like, on that note, when would you say your marriage kind of took a turn towards... The worst at first, mm-hmm. but then now you're talking about your redemption story. So right. When right. would you say that it took a turn for the worst? Well, it wasn't long after we got down here. It was, um, let's see, if we were down here in 14, it was 2015. Um, so it's just a little, we came down in June. It happened in August. So it was just a little over a year uh, since we moved down here. And I think. That's part of the story is, you know, Michelle and I had a, I grew up in a family with um, construction background. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was a mason. He had a masonry company for all of his life with his, with his father and, and all three of uh, us, my, myself and my two brothers, grew up in that business, worked in the business. I eventually started my own business and uh, did that for 17 years. Dang. And like I said, that's kind of in, in 
2013, when times were getting tough, we, we decided to close it up, and that's when I went to work for that other company. But okay. that yep. brought me, like I said, down here to Maryland. Um, not even a year later is when my wife discovered my 16 years of, of uh, a secret life that I had wow. going on during our marriage. Wow. And uh, you know, but I believe God brought us down here for a reason, you know, because had I think we stayed up there, had we kept... Uh, our business going and had I not gone to work for this company I don't think it would have worked out the way it did but you know he brought us down here the, the, it's an interesting story the way the school actually uh, came into fruition with a job it was it was um, supposed to go through a long-term renovation which wasn't going to start for quite some time but they had us fire in part of the school so then they moved the uh, remodelization or revitalization of the school up uh, so they could do it quicker because of the fire, mm-hmm. which made us, uh, coincidentally, bid on it, got it, sent us down here, and uh, so we were able to come down here. And then when that was, uh, my secret life came out in 2015, you know, we were down here kind of separate from everybody else. We were kind of isolated. We didn't have a whole lot of friends yet. We weren't even connected to Faith Bible Church at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just kind of muddling through it on our own, trying to figure out uh, where to go. But then once that happened... Um, we got connected to Faith Bible Church pretty quickly. We had actually gone to um, church. We were we, Michelle said, uh, let's start looking for a church, and I wasn't really into it, but we went to a couple here or there, and then we didn't particularly care for them or didn't give us the right um, you know, feeding that we thought we needed, so she saw Faith Bible Church, so we, we swung by there one time, and the next week later was August, 15th, August 16th, 2015, mm-hmm. when the disclosure came. Dang. And... and um, it was amazing because nobody really knew us there. We were only there once, maybe twice. And um, when Michelle found out that Sunday afternoon, the next day she called the church office. And um, they didn't know who we were, and we weren't members there. And the secretary was like, he's pretty busy. He'll, we'll try and, he'll try and get back to you when he can, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And he called her, called her back within an hour, and they just, they just talked for a long time. And she was able to share with somebody what was going on in, in her life and the destruction she was feeling. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a rough time. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys, you were saying like you didn't really have a church when you first got here, mm-hmm. kind of floating around. Right. Um, and you say that kind of played a part in isolation or? Well, the isolation, I think, was came first. Okay. Um, yeah. We came down here isolated from family, isolated from friends, and, and a lot of my friends were living a bad life as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that kind of got us to a safe place where we could actually start walking through this. Yep. Um, you know, she, I, I, I wasn't forthcoming about this. You know, she found out. She completely found out um, um, accidentally. And it's funny how God has a way of, you know, if, if you don't get yourself clean, you know, I, I have a way of exposing you. And he yep. did in a great way. And, and um, he played it right out there on the table on the table yep. <laughs> for Michelle yep. Yep. and uh, she saw it all and I think then uh, as we were isolated maybe from all the the surrounding voices and chaos from family and things like that um, that's when we got connected to Faith Bible Church that's when we started finding family there um, and a healing journey started in that moment gotcha. you know okay yeah. yeah so what if you don't mind um, you don't have to go into too much detail but what exactly was, what did that isolation look like for you? 
Well, I think we were just focused on the transition from, you know, it was the first time in, in quite some time that both of us were away from our hometown mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. And um, we were married for 16 years prior to that and uh, lived up in Pennsylvania and, you know, surrounded by family and friends. And, and then just moving down here, taking that step, um, like, I don't know if it was a step of faith at that point or just a step uh, in a career that we decided to make that move down here and see what it would be like. And, you know, it was just a, us hanging out down here, and, and it was just us two. Um, and our kids came down on occasion, which was great, mm -hmm. but it was just kind of, we were just kind of isolated down here, um, hanging out and trying to enjoy life. And, and um, But then, you know, I still wasn't of a clean and sober mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was removed from a lot of the toxic things that I was doing up there, but I was still actively involved in some of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, but then as it unraveled in, uh, 2015, I think, you know, we came out of that to find faith Bible, to find a church home, mm -hmm. whether it would have been faith Bible or anywhere. It just, it was, it was just miraculous to be able to find that place in such a critical crisis moment in our life. And um, so that brought us into community mm -hmm. with a lot of good people that yeah. were very, very instrumental in, in uh, guiding us and walking with us through this journey. Yeah. At least absolutely. in the beginning process anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Some ways, it, we, Michelle will tell you, she says, I don't think, like, we started with Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, first we went to, the, you know, we got involved with, with the pastor and he helped us uh, and, and said, you got to get into Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. So we didn't have anything else there. So... I started with Celebrate Recovery, and, and, and um, she used to say, I, I don't think they know what to do with you, <laughs> because it was, it was smaller at that time, but it was a good, really good group, but um, yeah, just, just getting with some of those folks and having some really, really good people mm -hmm. stand behind me and walk with me was, was very encouraging, and her as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so I've heard through other platforms kind of your, your whole story, mm -hmm. um, but not a lot of the listeners on my podcast have heard it. Um, so would you mind going into detail about like everything going on in there in between the 16 years before she knew about it? Mm -hmm. Well, it starts, you know, as we tell people, you know, and now through the ministry, we help people and walk people through the journey that we had to walk through and, and help them find resources that, and be a resource for them too. But as we tell other other couples and other men and other women is, you know, it starts way before. It started way before those 16 years. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's hard for a spouse to see it just started or, or that it started before. They see what happened within the marriage. Mm -hmm. And, yes, that is very, very, that's a betrayal like no other. Um, but the reality is it's, it's sexual betrayal starts way before the marriage, yep. typically. It, it's, it's a medication for a deeper wound from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was exposed, exposed to pornography at an early age, around eight years old. Mm -hmm. um, back then, you know, the hard copies. Yep. Uh, it wasn't online or in your back pocket. But me and a couple friends found some, and, and we got stuck on it. And, and uh, you know, it just kind of grew from there. Got uh, sexually active at an early age. Mm -hmm. um, led to some different things. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, that kind of grew, and it kind of festers. You know, as any addiction, it kind of escalates in severity and it just continued to grow and it, I didn't know anything about it you know it was just kind of guys being guys we thought yeah well we turned out turned out it wasn't 
but eventually um, got married to my first wife. Uh, we had two beautiful daughters. Um, five years in, she found out that I was having affairs. Um, kind of a culmination of all the porn and things and sexually acting out prior to that marriage led, you know, just carried right into it. You know, everybody thinks marriage is going to take care of it. You know, mm-hmm. I will do it once I get married. Well, yep. it didn't last long. So uh, my first wife and I got divorced. Uh, um, and then probably about two years later, I met Michelle, my mm-hmm. current wife in church. She knew about my past behavior. She knew about my first marriage. She obviously knew about my two beautiful daughters, and she had a son too. And But we connected really well. And, and um, she thought she asked me all the questions, mm-hmm. all the right questions, because she knew why I got divorced from my first wife. She knew I cheated. She knew I had several affairs. Um, and she thought she'd ask every question she possibly could, and I gave her all the right answers, right. what she wanted to hear. I didn't mm-hmm. give her the real answers or the or the uh, truthful answers, but, you know, I, I gave bits and pieces, and so she thought it was, you know, she she met, met her Prince Charming, and uh, we got married not too long later, and and um, for 16 years, you know, she believed that, you know, we had her ups and downs, um, like every marriage does, and adjusting to each other, but what she didn't know is my addiction continued very quickly after we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it started, you know, I don't, I don't know that the, that the porn ever really, um, I'm sure it kind of dropped off a little bit, but it quickly gained momentum again, um, and, and the activities, and like I said, the, just being out there um, with probably in an environment that wasn't healthy um, led to more affairs, multiple affairs throughout the marriage. Um, that continued for long periods of time. And, um, you know, so 16 years later, she finds out that I've been living this double life. Mm-hmm. And she was just crushed and devastated. Mm. And uh, it rocked her world, obviously, uh, as it would for anybody. Um, and nothing's easy, no matter if it's just pornography. And I just say just in quotes. You can't see the yep. <laughs> quotes. But, yep. you know, it's not just pornography. It's not just masturbation. It's not just affairs or prostitution or whatever it may be. It's mm-hmm. They're all betrayal of some sort, yep. and they just crush your spouse like nothing else. Yep. Um, and it crushed her. It crushed her. And, uh, you know, going through that and, and, like I said, getting into a community of good people to help us uh, and, and godly men to help me mm-hmm. w- was the starting point of the journey from there. Um, but the way it did come out was was – it was a God thing, you know, and, and you, we hear these stories a lot now, how people get discovered in their addictions. And, yep. you know, cell phones are good and cell phones are bad, and God can use cell phones too mm-hmm. because Absolutely. that's where she found pictures. That's where she found texts. That's where she found emails. Uh, so on a Sunday afternoon, we're thinking we're having a good Sunday afternoon, and then she looks at my phone and sees something on there that uh, really shocked her. Oh, wow. So yeah. she she just kind of picked up your phone. Yep. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dang. She found it and uh, asked me questions, and of course I lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she asked me more questions, and of course I lied. And mm-hmm. you know, I we didn't know what disclosure was at that point. We didn't know, you know, how to navigate through that, or I didn't. And you know, I just wanted to preserve myself. I didn't. I wanted to, you know, save myself, and and I'd continue to lie to try and protect my own image and things like that. But uh, you know, like I said, we came down here for work and. and after that, um, the computer I had from my old company 
we brought down here with us. Mm -hmm. So at some point through this process, you know, she wanted to see this old computer. And she looked, started looking through things, and she found things on that computer that I never would have remembered to tell her, mm. that I never, you know, really thought a lot about. But she could see patterns of my behavior. She could see things that, you know, were just amazing um, in her eyes to see the depth mm -hmm. of the darkness of my behavior, mm -hmm. you know. And, then, and this wasn't stuff I was telling her, you know. This was stuff she had to find out on her own. So if there's anything I would say to somebody is to go through the process of sharing, disclosing, not, not um, partial disclosure, mm -hmm. not a partial confession, yep. but a full-out disclosure because we can, most wives can handle the truth. They can't handle the lies like I did over and over right. again. You right. know, it just continues to hurt them. Mm -hmm. And um, so we continued the process and... and uh, yeah, the pastor said she needs to know everything. She needs to see the computer, and and, and I tried. I gave her the computer, and she started looking. Like I said, and then um, I went through a step study and did my step four and did my moral fearless inventory, and and then I started to give that to her and and gave that as my disclosure to try to give her all the truth that I could. But you know, it it, it just came out in bits and pieces over time too, mm -hmm. and uh, up until you know we started these groups and getting help and um, starting our own groups and mm -hmm. learning what recovery was like and taking polygraphs and yep. doing disclosures and, you know, doing what we need to do. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that was my biggest problem too. Um, before marriage was that I would tell Chris about the pornography addiction, but I didn't really ever tell her how bad it was. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, it was kind of just being like, Oh, you know, it's, it's fine though. Like I'm, I, I can stop any time. I right? got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then realizing, like, the more and more that I tried, I actually couldn't do it mm -hmm. on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, just when you're talking about going alongside with brothers, mm -hmm. is key, mm -hmm. I think, to our healing. Definitely. Um, not having that is. Uh, to me, I think it's impossible mm. to heal. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Healed in community, James yes. five sixteen. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So like, yeah, that was the biggest thing for me having a brother come by my side and being mm -hmm. like, "Man, we got to do this." Mm -hmm. And I remember telling him, I was like, "Man, like, I'm not, I'm not doing the group thing. Like, that's just, yeah. that's just weird. Like, yeah. I don't want to do a group. <laughs> right, right. You don't want other people to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, then he was like, "Oh, dude, it's fine. No, like." The guy who's running the group is is an elder, and I'm like, oh, dude, heck no! <laughs> I was like, I know him, like mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then he said in a really nice way, he was like, well, like, do you do you want to like heal from this? Like, you're about to get married. Like, do you want this to just tear you down in your marriage? Mm -hmm. And I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, you're right. Like, yeah. we need to do this thing. We got to do the whole group thing. Absolutely. We gotta. But not having him. I don't think I ever would have done it. I think God sent him because he realized mm -hmm. that I had so much pride built mm -hmm. up in me that I was just like, I can do this on my own. Yeah. I can do this. Even though I've been trying to stop doing it on my own for yeah. six, seven, eight years, whatever it has been mm -hmm. since I started. And um, yeah, it's just not possible without yeah. that community, without we, those guys. <laughs> we believe a lie that we can stop on our own. Yeah. We believe that we'll stop anytime we want. And yep. how many times have we tried and haven't? Exactly. You know? And how many times we've probably either gotten caught and, and talked it through with her, yep. or, or we've almost gotten caught yep. and uh, worked our way through it. And yeah, I'll stop. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
I said that for 50 years. <laughs> it took God opening my wife's eyes to my addiction until mm-hmm. I finally stopped, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, yeah, it's been seven years. No, next month will be seven years. Mm. But, That's yeah, I powerful. think shame, shame really drives this train, you know, because yep. we start so early. And, you know, it gets its hooks in us. And we're as deep as our darkest secrets, you know, like it says in Pillars, you know. Yep. And, and we are if we keep them secret. You know, we talk a lot about the intimacy pyramid, and at the base of the intimacy pyramid is, is truth. Mm-hmm. And if, if we can't have some people that we can tell the truth to and be open and honest, some guys, some brothers that are going to talk with us and talk to us, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly call us out if we need to be called out, you know, that's what we need. Yep. And uh, otherwise, we try to do it alone. We Not both know what that likes. Yep. That's like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work at all. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to go into... You, you'd mentioned the shame thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what keeps pornography such a hidden thing in mm-hmm. the church, would you say? Would you agree oh, yeah. with that? Yeah. Like, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, how can we get past that? How can we, mm-hmm. how can we break the shame that's created around this topic? Um, in so many of our churches, mm-hmm. I think your church is doing a great job mm-hmm. at breaking it, but in, in bigger churches, and, and it's just a topic that people ignore. Yeah. So, like, how, yeah. Do we, how do we get around I mean, it? it? It is such a tough topic to talk about. It's such a tough topic to get through, um, you know, in church. You know, it's so prevalent in mainstream society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's socially accepted. It's in your back pocket. You have access to it. Our kids have access to it anytime they want. Um, you know, even, even the kids nowadays are like, you know, the girls are finding out they're watching porn because they want to know what their boyfriend's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and got to keep up with the times. And, you know, it's, it's providing that safe environment for people to talk about it. But, you know, every church is, has that wall up a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't want to come forward because of that shame. You know, there's, there's people sitting in the pews that are, you know, Michelle and I may be up announcing a, a group that's starting or something like that, and there may be people sitting in the church. That, you know, one of the first guys that came to me, and I won't mention his name, but one of the first guys that started group with us, um, when we made, he, he told me, he said, when we made the first announcement for one of the groups, he says, that's not me. And, and even knowing that he was having an affair in the background. Mm-hmm. But he was not going to go to that group because he felt that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. There's so many different dynamics to this. It's porn, it's masturbation, it's it's affairs, it's sexual abuse, the shame of maybe they, somebody was abused when they were a kid or something like that, and the thoughts, you know, whether it's transgender nowadays or or what it may be. There's so many different things. Same-sex attraction, you know, it's, yeah. all, it's all the same. It's a medication for something else, and it's, yep. it's the shame that keeps us in the dark because we don't want to tell somebody about what happened to us and what we're doing because of that. A lot of times we live, relive the trauma of our past. Yep. And a lot of people think it's just trauma too. Mm-hmm. But as you know, it can be pornography alone. Yep. yep. You know, and it can be an addiction, a dopamine hit. That when you start watching porn and whenever you have that, that um, uh, arousal or orgasm to something, to an image, you know, be, you become connected to that. You yep. have that dopamine effect that really hits your brain. Yep. And that becomes your go-to medication when things get tough and people just think they can stop. Mm-hmm. But to do it in the church, we somehow have to make it um, very organic, very um, open conversation, uh, conversations about it so that people feel like they can come out mm-hmm. and talk about it and not have that shame. Yep. 
and not get kicked to the curb. You know, leadership in churches, you know, sometimes you know, leadership is scared. You pastors are scared to say something mm-hmm. because if they struggle, they're going to lose their job. Yep. And there needs to be a safe place where we can all talk at different levels, you know, yep. with, with different people that are, have, uh, you know, you feel safe with and, mm-hmm. and know who those people are, but be able to be out there sharing this and uh, speaking about it from the pulpit as well. Yeah. Our, our pastor is very good at that, and he's he's not he's not scared to sh- to share about it and uh, talk about it a lot from the pulpit, which is very good. Make it a normalized conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I know that you shared your testimony from the pulpit at your church mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, we did. It. Actually, um, I did mine early on, several years. You know, it's probably five years ago now where I did mine for uh, starting the first group, mm-hmm. and, and that was that was tough, uh, very tough. Then a couple years back, Michelle and I did it together. Mm-hmm. It was the first time we ever did it together, and that was tough. Mm-hmm. You know, standing there sharing your testimony about what you did to the person that's standing right beside you, Yeah, the person you swore you'd protect the most. I can't imagine. It was tough, and, and then hearing her side of it too. Mm-hmm. We've heard our sides individually. Mm-hmm. You know, Michelle ter- told hers that uh, I think it was the first retreat we had, the men's retreat, and that was pretty cool. Um, but it's it's hard to hear that. It's hard to see that was me, mm-hmm. you know, and I caused this. You know, this stuff has such a ripple effect. We think it just affects us. You know, throw a pebble into the water and see the ripple effects. Mm-hmm. That's what this does. This this is so far-reaching and affects so many people yep. other than just you and me. Yeah. It affects so many people. Absolutely. And that was I was talking to somebody the other day and when I said relapse, they didn't really understand what I was talking about there. Because mm-hmm. they're like, Well, a relapse is like when you relapse with a drug. But it's like, Yeah, but this is a drug. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to explain to them. Um and I actually heard a really good uh kind of way of describing it from somebody who actually says that they don't struggle with this. But they said they were like, It's like taking the wires you know, that God created and then reversing them and mm-hmm. switching them around mm-hmm. and being like, you're taking control of those wires and mm-hmm. you're putting them where you want them. Right. But God doesn't want them there. No. no. <laughs> so you're going against your design mm-hmm. of, of what God wants for you, what God wants for your life. Mm-hmm. And it clouds your mind. It clouds it your head. It clouds your judgment. It clouds your marriage. It mm-hmm. clouds um, just a lot of different things. I, I always tell people in group, I'm like, Man, I feel like if I didn't watch so much pornography, I'd already have my own business and all these other things because like I wasted so much time doing mm. this. Mm-hmm. And I just, like you said, I thought it was like a normal thing that guys did for the yep. longest time. Yep. And then I realized that like when I tried to stop, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's off here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't I know why stop. I can't stop. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a normal thing. And right. that's that's the other problem too is like a lot of guys just don't talk about it. They do think it's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And they're they're around talking about it at school, and they're just like, you know, it's just like what we do, boys. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And it's just, it's so against how we were created that um, it just it gets into our spirit. You know, yeah. it gets into it becomes an idol, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, it, mm-hmm. it becomes an idol. Um, and yeah, I mean, my marriage wouldn't be. I don't even think I'd be married if I hadn't started healing from this because I was so scared of marriage. I was so scared mm-hmm. of like because. I'd heard of divorces. I've heard of um, things that I was already doing that were going to go against my marriage. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. um, watching pornography was one of the biggest things. I was like, I don't know if I can get married while watching pornography. Yeah. And so without starting this healing journey, um, I don't think I'd be where we are now. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) even a year and a half into marriage, I'm like, I just, 
I, I don't, I don't see myself being where I'm at. And so this journey has been one of the most important things in my life. And I'll probably be doing it for the rest of my life. Mm. My first, uh, kind of like going into this journey, I was like, Oh, like we read the game plan as like a 30 day, Mm -hmm. like healing from, which was just the kickoff. But at first I was like, man, it only takes 30 days. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's a lifetime. I should have read this book earlier, (laughs) but yeah, it's a lifetime of healing. Um, and working through it and um yeah i think i'm i'm excited about the journey because i know that i'm going to have these brothers by my side mm-hmm. for the rest of my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and so that it seems scary to think like wow this is really going to take the rest of my life like that's exhausting mm-hmm. it's like no it's actually a good thing though it's healthy it's a healthy thing it is a healthy it's thing. complete opposite way of mm-hmm. the way that i was living before mm-hmm. um so yeah i really think too that um you, know, we t- you talked about early in marriage, and you're scared to get married because of this and all. And I think churches and, and I don't know, parents, but more churches and premarital counseling. You know, you got to hit this early. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to talk about it in premarital counseling, bring it up. And, and, and if it is an issue um, and, and the spouse doesn't know about it or the future spouse doesn't know about it, you know, and that, that's the time to talk about it and to try to hit, hit it hard then. And, um, you know, like you said, it, it is a lifelong journey. But that's okay. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's healthy men feeding us, you know, and uh, that's what we need, holding each other accountable. And, you know, it's like anything else, you know. A, how many alcoholics really go into a bar? Yep. Yeah, maybe some can and not have a drink. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's a lifelong journey. Yep. And um, it's it's our drug of choice, um, not because we wanted it to be early on. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. We thought it's, a, you know, a moral problem that really did become a brain problem. But... Mm-hmm. You know, that was uh, our source of medication once we started using it. Yep. And, um, you know, we got to find healthy, godly choices that are uh, our source of medication Mm -hmm. and look to him and look to other men and women for the women that are involved, too. Absolutely. So along those lines, like we've already talked a lot, a lot of this has been advice, but do you have any advice for a man or woman who may be struggling with this currently? Mm -hmm. What what kind of steps should they take? The first thing they, they should do is reach out to someone. You know, that's what we do. You know, like I said, the church took us on full time. Um, so we do this all day, mm-hmm. every day. Um, and that's our career now. And, 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 and we don't even charge. Faith Bible does not believe in charging for the service of helping others. Mm-hmm. They think it's for the king. You know, we think, we believe. Our belief is it's for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bringing people back to Christ, maybe that have strayed away. People that struggle with, with their faith because of what happened to them and how could they not see this. You know, but people have to, men, women, you know, even teens, have to be able to talk about it and go look for help because at some point in time, you will be found out mm-hmm. like I was. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't talk to somebody about it. And a lot of people will minimize, like we were talking pornography. Oh, it's just pornography. It's what guys do. It's what girls do now. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the way God intended sex to be. Yep. You know, you get into that object relation, you know, where you're just focused on the object that you see on a screen or, or does things that aren't normally done in a healthy, godly marriage or, you know. And instead of being in a relationship where people have value, you know. And so they need to be able to talk to somebody about it. Don't let the shame continue to drive the secrets Get out there, talk to somebody, come to us, come to your church and your groups and whatever church in your area has groups, you know, seek out groups, 
seek out people. If you seek out counselors, make sure they have sex addiction as part of their and partner betrayal trauma mm -hmm. as part of their training because you, you need to have they need to have experience to be yep. able to help you. Yeah, and, and just continue to start walking the process, and it starts with truth. Absolutely, it starts with truth and getting it all out on the table because you can't. Your secrets will keep you sick if you don't get them out there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, and that was one of the biggest things too. Um, for me, I, I was like, I don't want to give up something. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to give up this medicine or drug, mm -hmm. as we've been calling it. Is um, I was like, I want to hold on to this. This is something that's helped me. Mm -hmm. And even throughout my healing journey, I've tried to go back and be like, I need it again. I need it again. You know, yeah. um, I feel like I'm losing control. But really, I'm losing control when I'm giving into pornography. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know all my devices are protected now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got covenant eyes on everything. Uh, I actually switched to, uh, an Android recently Did just because iPhone, their security is mm -hmm. so tight that mm -hmm. covenant eyes can't see everything on it. Yep. Um, so I was like, personally for me, I'm not saying everybody has to do this, but for me, I was like, I'm locking it down. Yeah. Like I'm just, yeah. I want covenant eyes to screenshot everything on my phone. I don't want to like even photos. It screenshots mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. My buddy got a picture of me on the beach the other day. Cause it saw the skin. On the, on the, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, man. That's just me Something on the beach. See, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's just key, and that's just another tool that goes yeah. with all of this stuff. Um, but I think it's a key to my it healing, is. too, it because is. we have these devices that we can carry around mm -hmm. now. Like you were saying, when you started, it was a hard copy mm -hmm. of something, which, I mean, it started addictions, but nowadays you can literally just pull up your phone anywhere. Yep. You don't have to go into a store. You don't have to mm -hmm. buy it. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't have to do any so of that. It's just right there. there. And that's what also I think a lot of people – that's what kind of justifies it because it's like, well, it's it's on my phone, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can watch it. It's it's my it's thing. It's illegal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's my thing. I, it's just it's just me. I'm I'm only impacted by this. Mm -hmm. But then you realize, like, when you get married one day, it's going to impact your marriage mm -hmm. if it's not already impacting. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. What do they say in the in the Conquer series? Third and fourth generation mm -hmm. that we passed on. What says in the Bible? Right? Yep. And the Conquer series. That was one of the scariest yeah. things to mm -hmm. me when I first heard that. I was like, that's crazy. Like, I'm going to, I can pass this on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's real. It is. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to plug your new podcast? Do you, do, you, <laughs> do you know a name for it? It's yeah? come to the table, but I just saw after we did that that there's about 15,000 come to the table <laughs> podcast, but we're calling it the table podcast. Okay. Uh, I just put out a, a kind of brief description of it yep. as the first quote episode, but it's really just an intro. Cool. But yeah, it's on anchor. And, uh, what's the other one out there? I didn't get it signed up with all the other ones, but yeah, look at it yeah. on anchor and uh, check it out and we'll hopefully start adding to it. We have come to the table ministry. Like we said, YouTube channel, Sweet. uh, our website's table ministry. Yep. Um, Go there and check out for the retreat that you talked about. Mm -hmm. My wife's having a, a retreat, Princess Warrior Retreat for the women, which is in September. If anybody's out there, any women are out there that are looking for help uh, walking or navigating this journey of betrayal, whether it's pornography or, or affairs or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. You know, we got some great speakers coming for that, too. Um, and then, yeah, next March we're having a conference at the church again. Sweet. Have some great speakers there. So awesome. we're, we're really out trying to. And get this out there. And that's yeah. that's one of the best things we can do is make it more normal that everybody can talk about it. Absolutely. That it's everywhere. So if we keep getting healthy men sharing their healthy stories, that's going to help others come yeah. into the light. So. Absolutely. Is that the worst, though, when you come up with a name and then you realize everybody else has <laughs> yeah. a name? <laughs> yeah, well, just look for the table. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
All right, Tom. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, you so much for uh, driving all the way up here. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. See y'all. There's a pine wobbler sitting on a hollow limb. He seems to have the whole morning out right in front of him. And everything he sings from the branch that he's sitting on, it seems to hush the leaves and the colors all around. Now, first he sings and then he goes. And what it means, it's hard to know.